Hi guys, I'm Barb and welcome to Creators Campfire, a podcast where I interview all sorts of creative people, so entrepreneurs, content creators, side hustlers and aspiring talent, and I find out more about what they do, why they do it and how they do it. Before we get into today's show, I just want to say thanks so much for joining me for this episode. Be sure to hit the subscribe button to stay up to date with the latest episodes. You can also follow at Just Barbs on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook to hear about guests in advance and stay up to date with guest news. On this week's very special 25th episode, I was joined by my absolute favorite YouTuber, Ali Abdal. Ali is a full-time doctor, podcaster, and YouTuber, and his channel primarily focuses on productivity. We started off talking about Ali's YouTube career, but before I knew it, I was getting some much needed YouTube coaching. There is so much advice in this episode for anyone creating content, and Ali tells us the things that he would do differently if he was starting over. My huge thanks to Ali for joining me on this episode. You can follow Ali on Twitter or Instagram at Ali Abdal, and links to this and his hugely successful YouTube channel are in the show notes. Hope you guys enjoy this episode as much as I did. Ali, welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I, I really apologize about the state. I, I haven't shaved in a while because I'm planning to try and try and grow some kind of designer stubble, but it just looks so bad on this camera. <laughs> well, I think it looks fine. Oh, well, thank you. That's, that's, yeah, that's yeah. very kind of you to say. Uh, yes, it, it's definitely, it's working. Um, so Ali is first and foremost, I suppose, a, a doctor, but is also a YouTuber and a podcaster and has also along the way co-founded... Um, six med as well a company so he's recently hit the one million subscriber mark which is amazing so congratulations again on that thank you um and tonight i guess we're just going to find out a bit more about his journey uh how he started what he's up to and and maybe some plans for the future and and advice for anyone else um so i guess i kind of want to take it way back yeah, <laughs> um so um, also, I have I have lots of questions that I want to ask you as well so we can do Oh that. really? Okay, yeah. yes, amazing. Um okay, cool. So, I guess what I've picked up along your videos is is your journey really started when you were quite young when you started to learn to code. Is yeah. that is yeah. that kind of where it started almost? Yeah, I'd say that's where that's where it really started. Um I was like 11 going into year 7 secondary school in the UK. Um and I I remember at one time I was in the computer room and I just saw there was there was some kid in year eight, so he would have been like 12. I was 11 at the time. And I saw him, he, he was on like the Google homepage, but he did that right-click view source thing. And it looked really, I was like, bloody hell, he's coding, he's like hacking, that's really cool. Uh, and that was, I, I vividly remember seeing that in the corner of uh, the basement computer room thinking, oh, I want to learn how to code. And that was what started all of this amazing um yeah so I, I suppose I've had those moments but I've never followed through on them so firstly amazing that you did um and then I guess you you kind of took that one step further so not only were you learning to code and doing it but you actually started freelancing when you were in your teens as well so it wasn't just I'm gonna sit in my room and do something it's actually I I can see the business opportunity here yeah man I was I was big on making money online I, I started freelancing at the age of like 12 or 13 or something like something something stupid like that back in like 2006 2007 amazing so what was it that kind of drove that I suppose because I, I suppose a lot of kids don't necessarily think about the business opportunities um so what was it that that made you want to do that I don't, I don't know where it started. It was just sort of the, the idea of making money on the internet seemed like, oh my God, this is incredible. And I really yeah. wish I could remember how I first came came up with the idea. I, I imagine it would have been, I had a friend from, from school and we're still friends to this day, actually. His, his name is James. And he was big on the whole, uh, he was he was he was a bit of a snake oil salesman back in the day. Um, you know he would he would be running random scams, be like, hey, you should sign up to this credit card and it gets you money and stuff. <laughs> And I'd always be like, no, my mom's not going to let me. And he, and he was the one who kind of told me that, you know, mate, you've got to screw what your mom thinks and do it anyway. Uh, but I think he was probably the one who introduced me to the idea that you could make money on the internet. And when I when I started to code, I just stumbled onto this world of freelance websites where you can literally, literally advertise your services and you get paid real money. And it was amazing. <laughs> yeah, I, I suppose that's pretty cool. I mean, that's pretty cool for someone my age, but it does suppose when you're in your 12 and 13, that's extra yeah, cool. So the dollar signs in your eyes, you're like, oh my <laughs> God, if I can make money online, 
I can, I can buy that PlayStation game for thirty pounds rather than saving up like sort of two years worth of Eid and birthday presents for to to afford that. Yeah, completely. So, how much of of that do you think impacted you when you decided to start YouTube and that mentality? Hmm. I think when I started YouTube, and still to this day, I still very much care about making money online. Uh, I think for me, YouTube was first and foremost a business opportunity rather than a, a kind of extension of myself or a creative outlet or like a personal journal. And I, I, I don't say any of those things in like a derogatory way. I, I'm saying like I am, I am very much, I, I, I am, I'm, in, I'm very selfish. Like there is, there was basically zero altruism involved with me making my YouTube channel. <laughs> um, purely, it was like a, a money-making endeavor. And I thought, hey, hang on, this would be. There's there's an opportunity here, um, yeah. I do actually. I just I just want to say I do love that about you that you are completely honest and to the point. You don't hold back, and I think that's incredibly refreshing because you hear some people talk about some things and you're like you're lying, but you just but tell it like it is. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but that makes other people feel feel better as well because I guess there are some people that are like oh I have to go in not wanting to make money or something and that's the only way to do it but actually it sounds like you had a plan and it was a case of executing on that plan yeah i mean don't get me wrong the plan wasn't to get to a million subscribers the plan was at the you know uh i i, I had this business six months that i was running and at the very least my youtube actually in, initially my youtube channel was just going to be con content marketing for the business so content okay. marketing for the for the listeners is when you when you're selling some kind of service in my case it was courses to help people get into med school. The idea is that if you create free content and people like it, then they're more likely to sign up for your paid services. So I made lots of free videos about how to get into medical school and what life as a Cambridge University medical student was like and all of this stuff in the hope that people would think, this guy seems legit. I want to be taught by him on a course and pay 99 pounds for the privilege. So that was how it started. And very quickly I realized, hang on, this YouTube thing, it's not just a source of content marketing. This could actually be its own business in its own right. And yeah. Yeah. Okay. That, that makes a lot of sense. So I guess for you then, was there much, a lot of people say they want to start YouTube and then spend two years deliberating on it and do nothing about it. How yeah. was your kind of process? And I guess it's slightly different in that you had a business that you were trying to um, support rather than, Hey, I'm just putting my own content out there. But how long did it take you before you were like, I, I, actually, I'm going to go down the YouTube route to actually just having a video up there? Yeah, so the the confounding factor is that ever since 2008, I wanted to be a YouTuber. But the sort of YouTuber I thought I would be was a musician YouTuber. So there's a guy called Kurt Hugo Schneider, who is like kind of my YouTube idol. Uh, and he's amazing. He's got like 12 million subscribers or something now. But sort of since like 2007, 2008, he and his friends have been making incredible covers of popular songs. And Kurt is like a mathematician and he plays lots of instruments and he produces the song and plays the, plays the instruments. And his friends are like incredibly talented singers and they sing the, sing the songs. And so he used to make these amazing videos where it's like he's playing the piano and then there's another shot of him playing the drums, another shot of him playing the guitar, and then his friend singing. And that was the sort of, I, I wanted to be the next Kurt Schneider. And so for most of secondary school, I was umming and eyeing about this. I was like, hey guys, we should set up this YouTube channel. I had a friend who was like very good at singing and I knew that I could learn. I, I, I liked the idea of learning how to play the piano and learning how to play the guitar and producing music. And so we'd kind of dabble with that. But I think it was only really in, uh, you know, when I when I got to university in my like third or fourth year of medical school that I actually decided, I said to my friend, you know, it's a summer holidays. Today we are going to, we are going to make a video. And we sang and we started off with a cover of all of me. I think I was playing the guitar. He was singing along. That was how I learned how to use Premiere Pro in editing and stuff. So for, I, I, and, and I think I put out like two or, two or three, maybe four music videos, which are still on the channel. It's like my first videos from like 2016 to 2017 um wanting to become a youtuber so i can very much relate to that thing of oh i know this will be good and i know i want to do this but oh you know it's just there's something about it that it, it kind of feels like a black box where you don't really know how to get started especially if you're relying on people other than yourself um to kind of help make the content yeah 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 um so actually so a part of the process that you very much enjoy is the editing right what? Uh, not anymore. Not, <laughs> no, well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's a very good point. But um, you do, you did enjoy editing, right? Is that enjoy is a strong word? Okay. Um, okay. In in general, I enjoy everything that I do because I know that partly, actually, a big part of enjoying something is the story that you tell yourself about it. And so I suppose I suppose I did enjoy editing. Um, you know, when you're when you're Ill, I, I enjoyed editing because it got me into flow, into that flow state. And when you're in that flow state where you're like so super focused on something that is just a, like a, a state of bliss. Uh, 
but it's not enjoyment in the same way. Like, for example, playing squash is enjoyment or playing on the PlayStation is enjoyment. It's a different sort of like flow state enjoyment. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, because I was I was going to ask kind of um, how that fit in over the years, I suppose. So, so again, I think, and I said this to you last time, editing is something that puts me off. And I imagine there are a lot of people that get put off by certain aspects of, of the workflow, I suppose. And it's just a case of how do you kind of navigate that? Because obviously they all have to be done in some respect. Um, so how do you go about when you know you very much enjoy one process but don't necessarily enjoy the other but to still push yourself to get videos up yeah so um, i'll i'll ask you then so what what's your what's your biggest challenge with with growing your channel at the moment um i don't really know what i want the channel to be okay what do you mean um so i guess i'm doing the podcasts but like you i've always or clearly not always but for a long time wanted to be a youtuber in some some aspect but okay. I don't really know what to do it in um, and how to go about executing it. What to do it in and how to execute it. So I guess what I'm trying to say is, and it goes back to the conversation we were start, started with, in a lot of people say that to do it, you obviously can't expect the money side of things. So I'm like, okay, so I need to do this as a hobby then if, if I'm going into it that way. In which case, I'm just talking about what I like. So, what what am I doing it for? What do you mean by you can't accept that you can't expect the money side of things? Um, so, yeah, okay. So, so a lot of people say that if you're going to do YouTube, you, it's it's kind of like a passion project because mm. the whole monetization thing is is a not guaranteed and b is almost like if you're lucky, you get it. And therefore go into it not expecting it like that and not treating it like a business or anything um so it's kind of a passion project and therefore you might enjoy it more as well and it doesn't become a chore mm, interesting how much do you buy that line of reasoning well i suppose i've put one video up in in the last five years so clearly something's not working mm. <laughs> um but it's interesting and it's interesting that you said at the beginning that you kind of went into it fully eyes wide open of actually this is a something i want to grow um because i hadn't really properly considered it because it, it then changes how you approach it it does it, it 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 does very much so so i'm i'm, I'm asking all these questions because i am working i, th I think i might have mentioned this to you when we when we spoke uh but i'm working on like a course aimed at people who want to take YouTube seriously and by take it seriously, I mean, they recognize it as a business opportunity and they want to do, and they want to set themselves up for success. So this is either beginners who haven't yet started the channel, but know they want to hit the ground running or people who are struggling with growing an existing channel, but haven't been able to do that, could go do it consistently, or even people who have thriving channels, but know they want to take it to the next level by doing things like hiring a team. And yeah. it's based around the premise that one way of looking at a YouTube channel is by thinking of it as, you know, as I said, kind of a, a, a personal a, a personal project. This is a bit of fun. I'm talking about the stuff that I enjoy, yeah. but I'm not actually taking it seriously. I'm going to be an amateur. And the other way of thinking of a YouTube channel is I'm going to be a professional. I'm going to treat this as a business and I'm going to be the CEO of that business. And I'm going to figure out what works and I'm going to try and do my best to make this business work with the caveat that, of course, I want to enjoy the process along the way. Um, and so my course is very much aimed at that second group of people who view YouTube as like a business opportunity rather than people who view it as a personal passion project. Uh, I'm curious though, because I've also very much heard, and I, and I think I've even given this advice sometimes, which I now regret, this, the, this kind of myth that don't expect to make money on YouTube. Mm -hmm. um, because I think, I, think, I think that's a bit weird, right? Because it's like uh, in, in a way, don't expect to make money on YouTube. It's it's got the right idea, and the idea behind that question, uh, behind that statement, is it's hard to make money on YouTube. Therefore, you shouldn't expect to, uh, because if you expect it too early and it doesn't happen, it doesn't happen very soon. You're gonna you're gonna give up. Kind of like the advice for people going to the gym is don't expect results in week one. Expect results in week like eleven, because at that point you'll or at week twenty one. Equally for people who lose weight, don't expect any results in week one. Don't bother tracking your weight like every single day. Like do it week by week, find an average, and over time you will find that you lose weight. Yeah. Um, I think it's similar with YouTube. I think don't expect to monetize on day one. 
but you absolutely can approach it with a mindset that this is a business opportunity and I do want to monetize at some point. That's okay. That's very interesting. And I, and as, as you're saying that, I'm kind of thinking maybe it's my approach of thinking it's a passion project is why I haven't done anything because I'm like, oh, I need to find, I want to, and it goes back to motivation, but I want to want to do this. And although I say, yeah, I'm going to do it, when it comes to actually doing it, I'm not following through, but... Mm. It's interesting because if you then phrase it as a business, does that reframe it and say, actually, it's almost like I'm going to work. I have to do this. I have to get things out. Yeah. And and will that enjoyment actually come? Because I'm still going to be talking about things I enjoy whilst paying attention to things. That's very interesting. Yeah, I think it's that interesting, interesting middle ground between uh, I, I, I think you can I think you can over hedge. And the people who sort of subscribe to the do YouTube as a passion, not not for the money, I feel are over hedging because they're saying, I, I, I recognize that it's probably not going to make money, at least not initially. Therefore, I don't I don't even want to think about it. And I very much have this approach to a lot of goals where I won't even think about setting like a, a quote, ambitious goal because I, I just want to enjoy the process and, and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I think there is some level of like we we, we have to delude ourselves into thinking that we don't care about the goal when actually we do care about the goal. I, I, I don't know. I, I haven't fully figured out where I stand on the goals front, but I think you definitely can and should arguably approach YouTube as a business challenge rather than as a, as a hobby. Un, unless you genuinely just want to do it as a hobby, in which case, sure, yes. fine. Go <laughs> yeah. wild, knock yourself out. Yeah. But if you're in that people who is like doing it as a hobby, but but actually you would love to make money from YouTube and you would think it would be sick to have passive income from YouTube, yes. but you're approaching it as a hobby because you're not willing to put in the work, that is a bad category person to be in. That's me. I'm in the bad person category, <laughs> big time. Um, like I'd love to be able to do that stuff. To to. What's top? Uh, my own head. Okay. What do you mean? Um, and and actually, the other thing you've just hit on, like I don't. When you set not goals as such, but when you say, "Oh, okay, I'm gonna get like maybe I'm gonna do a video this weekend," it's so. Okay. <sighs> It's so easy to be like, no, I can't be bothered. I'm going to go and watch TV or I'm going to spend 12 hours messing around with my Notion templates or something. <laughs> so it's like, oh, I'll do it next week. I'll do it, whatever. But actually, when you say, I suppose it's about, re again, it's reframing the, the goals. It's actually, I need to get videos out um, from a business point of view. It's very interesting. I don't know. I wonder if this will change the mindset. Um, because... You're because these like creator campfires right like yes like I but get this that. is easy <laughs> okay right <laughs> <laughs> this doesn't involve hmm. any work for me I, I don't know if anyone else would would see it as work but I this is such an enjoyable process that none of it is work to me um so it's so easy for me to just do and right. I get to spe speak to these incredibly incredible people like yourself that it's it's just, how I guess much, you're seeing the tangible. How much editing have you done? Uh, for Creators Campfire, zero. In general, in general yeah. a very, very tiny amount. Okay. Um, so it sounds like you think of editing as being work. Yes. Okay. Why <laughs> yes. do you think of editing as being work? Because it's quite fun. <laughs> I, th I think what it is, is I have gone into it not realizing the amount of time it takes mm. and justifying... I'm still trying to get my head around this. So for like, when you watch TikToks, they're like five seconds, right? And when you realize the amount of work that's probably gone on, on into those five seconds, it's like, you might have spent five hours editing something for five seconds work. I can't match those up in my head, which is totally old school thinking, I'm fully aware. But I can't match up the hours spent editing versus a five minute kind of, result how many, how many hours do you think it takes to edit a five minute video um it took me i've only done one proper video that i've uploaded it was okay. ended up being a five to ten minute video i can't remember and it probably took me a good three hours i'm oh, gonna say okay. yeah 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 i know how long your editing takes and that scared me even more Okay, I was expecting you to say like thirty hours or something. Like, oh my god! Oh god, no, 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 like three no, no, hours, no, three hours for a five to ten minute video. I think it's that proportion that's that's messing uh, with my head. Let's do some quick maths. Um, 
if you had a five minute video if yeah. 36 people watched it you'd have you would have wasted three hours of humanity <laughs> if 360 people watched it you would have wasted 30 hours if 3,000 people watched it you'd have, you, you, you'd have spent all you need is 36 people to watch your video and you've broken even on the amount of time you spent editing it is that really a large amount of time no it's weird because when I get into it it's not like I hate it when I start it's the mm -hmm. mental barrier to overcome to start it mm. okay like this feels like a like a it feels like a heavy lift and i've got the oh yes I need to sit down. Oh, yes big time oh. <laughs> yeah it's a heavy lift what what was that video that you edited it was a unboxing of my mx keys okay. keyboard um multiple cameras or just a single camera single camera iphone okay no lighting mm. <laughs> No scripting pro oh, yeah. properly. I, I, I remember seeing this keyboard, the, the, this video you showed me when yes. we met. Um, <laughs> yes. Okay. And the thought of doing another video scares you on the editing front? Mm -hmm. You're like, ugh. Yeah. Because okay. I actually, I filmed two videos that day. I filmed that unboxing and I filmed my MacBook Air unboxing. And I haven't touched the MacBook Air unboxing. Okay. Since. Because it feels like too much of like, ugh. Yeah. Have you ever, ever ever tried breaking it down into more manageable chunks? Uh, I did after we spoke, and then mm. um, didn't go back to it. Okay. In the back so, of my mind, I was like, maybe I need to take Ali's course. <laughs> but, what, the, um, the, the editing Skillshare course. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Why the hell haven't you done that yet? Uh, because I'm it's putting like it free. off. <laughs> because yeah, no, I, it's 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 nothing to do with that. It's it's I'm putting it off because once I've done it, I have no excuses to not edit. <laughs> There's a guy I know called Nat Elison who who took that course a few weeks ago. He's on five thousand subscribers now. He said he would he would have paid four hundred dollars for that course, and it's free on Skillshare. <laughs> like, <come on. laughs> yeah, I know. It's <laughs> so it sounds it sounds like the position you're in where you're saying, I know editing is important. I, editing is hard. I've taken zero steps to learn how to edit. I've yes. only edited a single video, and the thought of editing the second one scares me. Yes, <laughs> basically. Um, and then I come back to, is YouTube really what I want to do? What do I actually want to make videos mm. about? <laughs> yeah. And then I go in a cycle. But um, Okay, interesting. Yeah. Yesterday I had a, no, we're doing it. We're doing one episode, one video a week. Um, yeah. And I've done nothing about it since. But I've wrote down a bunch of ideas. <laughs> okay, video ideas. Good. But, yeah, um, that's a good start. But yeah. And, you, and I go on. How, how, how much do you repurpose these videos? Uh, none. Okay. I started to and I got really tired of it. As in, so you started, uh, what, what do you mean you started to? So um, I've probably done three or four episodes. I, I cut down into clips, just iMovie. And then um, I was using Headliner to put subtitles on. And that was okay. such a ball ache. Yeah, um, you can just forget about Headliner. Yeah. Um, and I have thought about going back and just doing the clips because that takes what five minutes a clip yeah i'm just being lazy yeah it sounds like you're in, the, in this place where you're actually not willing to put in work uh yeah but it, yeah and it's weird because i'm like i want to but it keeps coming back to the well, what do i actually want to do and now you've reframed mm. it slightly as a business venture i'm wondering if that would make a difference because then I it mean, becomes yeah about here's the goal here's how to execute and here are the steps you need to take and which i know is exactly the same thing but it's just a very slightly different way of looking at it when you know the outcome yeah. is not i'm just going to put a bunch of random stuff on it it's actually here's the direction we're going to take and here's a plan i'm great at executing mm. on plans okay when i have them and i know what end game is okay so, so let's, let, uh, let's do this now what's your goal for your youtube channel um, if you'd have asked me 20 minutes ago, it would have been, uh, I don't really have one and I just, I just want to see how it goes. I just want to have fun. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. If you ask now? me now, I, I really want to be some kind of productivity, um, slash efficiency yeah. YouTuber, um, that just, look, I, I have no goal to, I don't know you were the same. I have no I want to hit X subscribers, sure. I but agree. I want that's a bad goal to have, but yeah, that, that means nothing to me. But if I'm putting out content that is good for people um, and resonates with people, I, mm. I consume so much that I know I can turn it into something good for people. Okay. 
and that's what I want to do, whether it's book reviews. And I was just reading your, uh, listening, watching your book, um, your how you take information from books before this. Um, and I was like, yes, that's kind of what I want to do. And there's a great way of doing it. Um, but it's turning that content into something that's useful for people and giving me a reason to to not feel like I'm wasting time when I've watched 20 of your videos in a day. <laughs> and another, so you are already so far along the path compared to someone who is in your position but has not yet started a channel and hasn't started doing things like this. Because when you have things like this and you have the recordings of them, yes, you can make five-minute clips for Instagram, but more importantly, you can make five-minute clips for YouTube. Uh, yeah. Like take someone like Matt Diavella. He started off with his Grand Up show, just his podcast, and he was repurposing clips from his podcast and just putting an intro and outro in them, saying that, hey, guys, uh, Matt Diavella here, a minimalist filmmaker. Uh, recently, I spoke to filmmaker Jason Zook about his pro process for producing videos. Here's what he had to say. Clip. Yeah. Thanks for watching. Like and subscribe. That's a, a very, very effortless way of creating content. You're even wrong. even someone like Dr. Mike with like 6 million subscribers, sometimes when he does intros for his videos, he turns on the front-facing camera of his iPhone and he says, <laughs> hey guys, Dr. Mike here. I just want to check in, uh, say everyone stay safe, blah, 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 blah. Uh, I want to roll a video that I shot a few months ago, pre-lockdown with my comedian friend, blah, blah, blah. Here we go. Done. If Dr. Mike with 6 million subscribers can do that, you can do that <laughs> yeah. as well. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, that's a pretty good point. I overthink it because then I'm like, I need to find the right clip. I need to do this, this, and this. But you're right, I'm just, it's excuses. And, yeah. and to, to, to cut this into, yeah, okay. So what's your next step? <sighs> Take your course. Okay, cool. <laughs> yeah. when, are you, when are you gonna do it? This weekend. Okay. How long is it, isn't it like 10 hours? Is it 10 it's hours? Like, it's like four hours. Oh, okay, Saturday. Saturday it can be done. Saturday when? Uh, <laughs> I like what you're doing. Um, I'm, I'm going to say between the hours of one and five. Okay. Um, yeah. Can I hold you accountable to that? Can I say Saturday or Sunday? <laughs> mm. No, we're going to do it. Saturday, it's happening. Okay. One till five. It's happening on Saturday. Great. I'll message you it's on Saturday evening and we'll see if happening. you've done it. And if yes. you haven't, you have to donate £100 to charity. <laughs> okay. That's, that's Great. fair. Okay. Perfect. Yeah. All right, awesome. we'll be done. Jesus, what have Great. I just signed up to? Okay, <laughs> okay, um, fine. Okay. Charity or or something stupid like Donald Trump's re-election campaign? Oh God, no. Yeah, yeah let's call it charity okay. for now. Let's, let's, let's be nice about it. <laughs> yeah, because yeah. this is me, and we don't want to be supporting that. <laughs> hmm. Yeah, we're, well, we're not we're not going to be supporting that because you're going to do the class. Uh, yeah, okay, that's a that's a very good point. Okay. I'm going to overthink it by saying, oh, I need to set everything up in Notion. Okay, right, that's my issue. Screw Notion. It will who, be who, who gives a toss about Notion? <laughs> well, I need to make notes, Ali. <laughs> on the on what? On the Skillshare class? Yeah. No, you don't. Okay. It's a learn by doing thing. You download some cursory footage that I have, or even better, you make your own footage of talking about your favorite book or something. And then you yep. just use that. Okay. 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 Editing, editing is, is a thing that taking notes on editing doesn't actually help you edit. <laughs> Like, like like taking yeah. notes on how to work out doesn't help you work out. That's that's a very good point. Okay, it's happening. Done. Great. Amazing. Um, I'm a little scared. <laughs> You've made me okay. I have one question just to finish off this topic. Um, and when we were talking, we were talking about having podcasts being long form content mm. on YouTube. Mm. So, I guess with my stuff, it it obviously streams to YouTube. And therefore, the podcast stay there. Mm. How does that affect channel the channel? And should I even be thinking of things like that right now? Ah, oh, that's getting into into a bit of nuance. Uh, it all it all kind of in in general, people consider it a bad idea to have long form podcasty clips on a main channel. Arguably, if it's a live stream that is then on YouTube and it's registered as a live stream rather than as a proper video. It right. doesn't affect your analytics stuff, which is why I'm okay with doing deep dive live streams on my main channel. Uh, okay. Most people would say that if you have like a proper video that's an hour long, you shouldn't have it on your main channel. You should have it on a separate podcasty channel. Yeah. The real question is like, what do you want? What's the main intention of the people following the channel? Are like, are they following a specific topic or are they following you? Uh, I'm pretty sure I have harassed 90% of the people subscribed to just hit the subscribe button at this point in time. 
Okay. So they're probably just being nice. Okay, but let's think about what what sort of channel do you want? What's your ideal YouTube channel? I want it to be around productivity and efficiencies. Because okay. I'm not necessarily the most, I'm, I'm definitely not you, although I aspire to be, but I do everything I do, I want it to be the most efficient thing. So doing things quickly and finding a way to do it properly, but, you know, in a nice way. Okay. And you want to share, so you, you're interested in that as a topic and you want to share it with people? Yes. Okay. Um, fine. Are those, are those the same people who will listen to Creator Campfire episodes that are an hour long? Um... If they listen to it on two times speed, they've got an efficiency tick. So maybe. Maybe. <laughs> half an hour of their life. I would never, for, for the record, I would never listen to a Creative Campfire episode on YouTube for an hour. That would just be a waste of my time. I would listen to it in podcast format because like, then I can do it well. Okay, I see. Et cetera, et cetera. Have you got them available as podcast format? Yes, yes. Okay, cool. Um, I mean, my advice would, would be have a separate channel specifically for the podcast called Creators Campfire, where you have the long form recordings. Yeah. Um, and for your main channel, which should be modeled after your own real name. Th at that yes. point, you <laughs> kind of put it into short clips and you'd be like, hey guys, welcome back to the channel. This week we're talking about the topic of productivity. Uh, and I'm going to share a clip that uh, where Ali Abdal was coaching me through why I started this very YouTube channel. Here's the clip. Run the clip at the end of it, you're like, yeah, so that conversation with Ali, uh, Ali like really helped me get over the fear of starting my YouTube channel. And I'm, I've decided I'm now going to take it seriously as a business. So, hey, if you want to join the journey, hit the like button, hit the subscribe button, and I'll see you in the next video. Done. That's your first video for your sort of okay. per personal name above whatever your surname is. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Sharma. Channel. But yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So the main okay. channel then becomes sort of proper YouTube videos, like yes. act actual videos. Uh, but your side channel has the one hour long podcasts. Got it. Okay. That makes a lot of sense. Okay. Amazing. I wasn't expecting YouTube coaching. So that's made me very happy. Okay. <laughs> Love it. Um, just, okay. So in terms of, of your journey, I suppose, how, so your channel has obviously changed over the years, but it's also stayed the same in a sense You're, you've still got your same core but for example like the monthly favorites things have have, have not carried on um so how how have you made conscious decisions decisions to do that or has the channel just evolved as, as you've evolved um a bit of both so so the channel evolves but i always try and think where do i want the channel to be in sort of one year, two years, three years, five years, 10 years, not in like a very formal way. Like I don't sit down and plot out a 10 year strategy. Yeah. Uh, but one of the things that keeps me up at night is thinking, okay, how, how, like I've got an amazing thing going here. How do I keep it going for the next 10 years plus? Yeah. Um, and so when I was in medical school, I immediately recognized that I've, I'm in my final year now. I'm 20, 24 at this point. There's only so much A-level and GCSE content I can actually make at the age of 24. <laughs> There's only so much how to get into med school that I can make. I need to... Yeah. I need to get away from this. Um, and so even now, like my main, like a lot of people subscribe to my channel for the study tips uh, videos I made like two to three years ago about how to study for exams, evidence-based stuff. But I haven't made a study themed video in a very long time. Yeah. And the reason is that I feel like I'm, I'm sort of slowly closing that chapter of my channel and moving into a more long-term productivity tech, personal development, and even even more long-term health and fitness, uh, which is something yes. I haven't talked about at all on the channel. So I, I kind of see them as sort of, kind of like a season of a TV show coming to an end where you occasionally have a throwback to, I don't know, season 12 of Big Man Theory. But in general, you've closed that and you have other things that are going alongside. It's not like a sort of close one and start a new one. It's like a very slowly gradient transition out over time and transition yeah. into a new content category. Yeah, okay, that that makes a lot of sense. Is there a particular series or, or type of video that you do that's your favorite? Um, hmm. I don't really have favorites because I treat it as a business. Um, yeah. <laughs> if I had to, if I had to choose, I really enjoy like the information dense videos where I can take my own experience. Of, for for example, I made I made a video about how to type really fast. Um, yes. I've been improving my typing speed for the last like fifteen years of my life. Like I know a lot about how to type fast, and so that was a fun video to make. If it's a video about you know, I really enjoyed making my video about how I ranked first at Cambridge University. That was the year, uh, it was about my, my third year of med school where uh, I was studying psychology and where I worked really, really ridiculously hard and smart to create this elaborate system for memorizing essays. 
and I love sharing that because of the amount of effort that had gone into it and being like, oh my God, you know, this is, this is like a 20 minute long distillation of like a solid sort of thousands of hours of my life. And that was fun. <laughs> so I like those sorts of videos where I can actually use my experience. Uh, whereas I, I worry that a lot of my other videos are just kind of taking, taking someone else's ideas and just repackaging them. Right. Um, okay. Which I, I, it's still fun. It's still a business, but I enjoy, I enjoy it less than the videos where it's my own personal sweat and tears that has made the video <laughs> successful. Yes. Okay. No, that's that's very cool. It's so interesting though that you frame it as totally. Different. I hadn't even like considered that as someone who's very new to the journey. Um, it's very interesting. Anyway, um, if you were starting over, mm. what would you do differently uh, on the YouTube front? Yes. Um, I would take it more seriously from day one. And I would repurpose more of my content on different social platforms. I would start an email newsletter on day one. I would start my blog on day one. I would, that's what I would do. Um, content wise, I think it's, I think what I did was good. I started off very niche and then expanded out over time. Um, but yeah, probably that, those four things. Okay. So that leads me nicely into the blogging because I have a mm. question. So, and I've heard you say it before is that, people who don't even necessarily know what they want to do should start some kind of blog or something. Yep. And I mean, should is a strong word. People can do whatever okay. they want. But I think <laughs> yes. It would be in their interest to start a blog. Yes. Um, but what is the benefit of that? And what do you do? Like, when do you expect growth? And again, should you approach it from a business mindset? Mm. Um, and how do you kind of go about growing that because that's slightly different so obviously youtube is, is up on youtube that people are searching for similar things but yeah. a blog very different so how does that side of things work uh okay so a few things um a blog so there's two different types of platforms there are open platforms and then there are platforms that you own youtube is an open platform anyone can make videos on youtube twitter is an open platform anyone can tweet a platform that you own is your own website and your own mailing list the problem with producing on an owned platform is that no one will find you. Like if you write blog posts, you can write hundreds of blog posts and literally no one will find you because it's like a blog. And unless you manage to, the only way to people will find you is through search engine optimization yeah. uh, and through your articles ranking on Google for whatever search terms you happen to be targeting. That, that can happen, but it happens very much in the long term. Like years down the line, you might start sort of climbing up the rankings on Google. It's very competitive, it's very difficult. The trick is to create content on an owned platform like your blog. Uh, but to grow your audience on an open platform like Twitter. Twitter is very synergistic with a blog. Because let's say you were to write like a 2,000 word blog post about this conversation, for example, and that's something that you should do. You should write up every single creator's campfire you do as a blog post. Should is a strong word. You can do what you want, but that would be yeah. <laughs> uh, What you can then do is you can repurpose that because you've got this video, you've got this pillar piece of content. You have converted it into a nicely written blog post. You also then convert that into a tweet thread or a tweet storm with a link to the blog post at the bottom. Like for example, this is something, there's a guy called Brandon Zhang on Twitter. You might've come across him. He's like become, he's become big in like, he's got like a few thousand subscribers, uh, followers on Twitter. Okay. He's basically done this. Like he does these sort of podcast thingies and he writes it up as a blog post and he writes up a summary as a tweet thread. He says, uh, just interviewed Ali Abdul on my podcast. Here are seven key takeaways. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. To read the full transcript or to read the full blog post, click here and to listen to the podcast, click here. Right. eventually you okay. do that enough and people start being you know i will then retweet that because i'm like oh this guy is taking the effort to summarize my my spiel into like seven points great yeah retweet suddenly your tweet now gets people gets exposure and, and you you're on people's radar that oh you know oh this is interesting she interviewed ali abdal he's like supposed to be a big deal oh let me check out this creator's campfire oh my god this is exactly what i needed in my life and people find right. your thing people find your blog so the trick is not to just purely focus on a blog it's to find a synergistic open platform that you can Got then it post stuff on uh you can provide a lot of value and twitter is amazing twitter is actually like genuinely a life-changing platform because of the amount of relationships you can and the quality of those relationships um so yeah blog plus twitter is an incredible combination that i wish i'd taken advantage of earlier yeah so twitter is very new to me i in fact the whole social sphere is very new to me but yeah twitter does seem because you're right you could tweet someone and and like Tim Ferriss or something will, will retweet you and you're like, what? This person can see that I've I've mentioned them and it's 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 kind of like, wow. 
and yeah, that's sort of one level of looking at Twitter. The other, though, I I, th I think that's like a that's like a moonshot level of Twitter. That's like saying I can send him first an email and he could reply to me. Oh my god, email is an amazing platform. <laughs> yeah, uh, okay. It doesn't that. doesn't quite work like that. I think what's a more interesting way of using Twitter is by saying, oh my god, look, there are other people that are follow that are on the same journey as me and along a similar path and at a similar level, and I can talk to them. Uh, or for example, you saw, you find people, you follow people who are interested in the same things as you. Let's say, I don't know, uh, pick someone, uh, let's say there's Brandon Zhang, he's got 7,000 followers on Twitter, he tweets an article about productivity. You can then read that article and think, oh my God, Brandon, thank you so much for sharing. This really resonated with me. You can reply to his tweet and you can start a conversation around it. Yeah. And then the more times you do this, the more people will be like, oh, you know, this person is replying to these people's tweets and people will then start following you. You then start tweeting your own stuff where you start tweeting valuable things or insights or uh, the, the, the way I kind of think of what to tweet is kind of like notes to self. Like if right. I read something in a book, I will kind of try and sort of summarize it and then tweet it. And it sounds as if I'm giving advice, uh, which I don't like. But I think of it as a I'm writing this note as a note to myself to remember. Um, okay. So, for example, I might tweet something after this being like uh, the, the the trick is to find an open platform with serendipity to your own platform and cross post to there. Yeah, be like that's a note right. to self, but it's actually yes. a pretty good piece of advice for everyone reading that. It's a lot of wisdom condensed into a small tweet. So that's yes. the sort of stuff you start doing. And over time, everything, all, all of these things take time, time, patience. Uh, yes. You then get, get a following on Twitter and you make friends over the internet. And uh, when you go to major cities, you can say on Twitter, hey, anyone in Singapore? And people would be like, oh, yeah, let's hang out. Yes. Okay. Yeah, that makes a whole lot of sense, actually. That's even not even something I considered. Oh, man, you are full of wisdom, Ali. This is been... right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so... I can't not talk about productivity with the productivity king. Mm. Um, but I have a question first. Do you, so you are the most productive person I have ever seen. And clearly I, I know I haven't seen the world, but like you, you get a lot done in mm. the same amount of time that someone like me just watches TV. Mm. Do you ever burn out or need to take a break? Cause I don't think I've, and clearly I don't know you, but, but like you don't seem to like mention, oh, I needed like a week off or something. Yeah, I think um, so. I'm a bit of a waste man. Uh, where <laughs> like most most of my days are pretty unproductive, uh, depending on how we define productivity. And so, like for example, today has been a pretty packed day. I've had like fairly kind of back to back calls and stuff and, and stuff going on, but I had to drive for an hour to like the car repair center and then an hour back. And instead of listening to audiobooks. On the hour there, and in fairness, on the hour there, I was, I was, I was having a call with one of my team members about the, about this course. On the way yeah. back, I was just listening to music and like just using that as thinking time. So that, in a way, was my downtime. I also kind of considered this my downtime. Like, this is not taxing at all. I'm enjoying myself. This is fun. This is relaxing. This is not work. Um, okay. And so I don't really need to be like, oh my god, I'm so burned out. I need to take a week off. <laughs> but it's because I actually don't do like I pre. I, it, it looks like I produce a lot of stuff, but. And this is the thing that I'm working on my course. It's it's basically it's it's actually mostly about the system. It's about the infinite content engine. It's about a system for systematically churning out content in a way that doesn't require you to put too much of your own time into it. Um, and so I can be a waste man and yet still produce like two or three videos a week because I've got the system and the team built up around it. Um, so I don't really need to, to kind of take a week off. Uh, but like I said, it's it's funny you say that I'm the most productive person you know because like literally an hour like in the hour before this call, I was chatting. Uh, of a zoom to a productivity coach because i want to hire a coach for my own productivity because i know <laughs> that there are like zillions of efficiencies that i could improve with my own productivity and i just need someone to hold my hand along the way and just hold me accountable wow okay well that makes me feel a lot better but, but, but maybe when i get to your level um i'll get i'll get me a coach oh actually i probably need one now we also um, don't we, we 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 shouldn't think about these things in, in terms of levels it's like like for, like like for example, if you can afford it, having a coach is always is is always valuable at every single level. Yeah. Um, you wouldn't tell someone that, hey, you want to learn tennis, just like stumble in, around in the dark for three years before you hire a tennis coach. You'd be like, no, if you want to take it seriously, get a freaking coach. Yes. <laughs> That's very true. On, do you want to be a professional or do you want to be an amateur? An amateur tennis player just hits a ball around with his friends, which is fine. But if you want to be good, you want to treat it like a bit a bit more like a professional. You want to get a coach. You want to 
join a regular club, you want to do practice, et cetera, et cetera. I think there's, and I don't know if it's me, but for example, and I, th- I know we talked about like personal trainers. There are some mm. things where it seems acceptable yeah. um, to have a trainer, like with something physical, maybe. So Acceptable like a tennis coach. Um, I guess when you say things like a productivity coach or a life coach, people are yeah. like, really, do you really need that? Can you not just do it yourself? Yeah. Whereas when it comes to things and, like fitness. And, and what's the answer to that? <laughs> well, clearly not if I need a coach. <laughs> Um, I, I mean, the, te- answer- the answer is yes, you could do it yourself, but you're not going the answer to. Is, yeah, exactly. Yeah, you, <laughs> you could, but you won't. Yes, yes. <laughs> and so, like, what does it matter? Yeah. Whether I, you could theoretically do it yourself. You know, this is something my mum my says about personal trainers as well. Um, people have different bars for this. She says, why would I hire a personal trainer? He'll tell, he'll tell me to run when I could just go for a run myself. <laughs> you're like, yeah, but have you ever gone for a run? No. <laughs> you know, case closed. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. No, that does. That's a fairly good point. I don't know. I just feel like there's a, 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 and maybe it's in my head, but I just feel like there's. It seems acceptable to to do it. Well, yeah. Yeah. What's the the crowd you're trying to please? Well, no one needs to know you have a productivity coach, mate. Yeah, that's true. I <laughs> let me see how much how much this guy's charging. I think he's emailed me. He emailed me with how much because because he didn't tell me on the call, so I was like, I have no idea how much he's going to charge. <laughs> but at the very least, like, a no one needs to know I have a productivity coach. But because I'm a yeah. YouTuber, I can say I spent ten thousand dollars on a productivity coach. This is what I learned. That would make yeah. for a sick video. Yes, yes, it would. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it absolutely would. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah. Okay. Again, if you were to make a video, why I have a life coach, or <laughs> that, yeah. that, that that would be interesting. Yeah. On that note, I should get a life coach as well. That would make. <laughs> I, I seriously want uh, I didn't even like yeah okay I, I do need a, a coach to just sort me or like a mentor just to to hold me accountable maybe and, and mm. guide me because there's a lot of times I suppose where I'm like I'm an incredibly indecisive person anyways yeah. but you know when you're just like well should I go down this path or should I do this and and it's that kind of guidance and asking the right questions that is is quite useful yeah absolutely would be would be good to have yeah 100%. Um, mentor accountability coach call it what you yeah want. yeah 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 i guess same thing yeah um, i mean so the, 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 they're all slightly different on the nuance but like they all ultimately provide accountability in some respect yeah and we need accountability because you know realistically yes we could hypothetically do stuff without accountability but we're just not going to and mm-hmm. there comes a point where you have to prioritize the results rather than your idealized process of getting to the results yes yeah yeah, because there's also this whole other thing of you're waiting for motivation to strike, which is never, ever going to strike. Absolutely, yes. <laughs> um, yeah, okay. Um, I'm going to take my braces off, don't mind me. Yeah, okay, okay that's cool. You're Invisaligning, right? Mm, yeah. How's that going? Oh, uh, they're pretty good. I'm very, I'm very, very pleasantly surprised by how good the user experience is of using Invisalign. Oh, nice. That's because we just had pizza delivered, so oh, I'm going to munch okay. on yeah, no, that's just made me very jealous. I'm um, I'm calorie deficiting this month, uh-huh. <laughs> so that's no fun. Hmm. Um, <laughs> um, now I want pizza. Um, okay, so I, I'm going to sidetrack very slightly to hmm. to books for a second. Hmm. Um, so you read or get through an incredible amount of books, and you are definitely one for the Kindle and the audio book. Do you have a preference of platform and do you think it matters for you in terms of consumption? So do, do you like listen to certain types of audiobooks and read certain types of books? Uh, so I have loose preferences. So in, in general, if it's like a very long fantasy series, I will listen to it. Because like, for example, the Wheel of Time series I was listening to from May 2019 until August 2020. <laughs> That's a long time. Uh, it's like 14 books long. Each book is like 24 hours long, if not more. Like 24 to 36. That was a long time, but that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> um, if it's a book that I know I'm going to take notes on, I'll read it on Kindle. If it's a book that I think I might want to take notes on, I'll blitz through on Audible first, and then maybe I'll... And and basically, if I listen to something on Audible and I know I want to take notes on it afterwards, I will just buy it on Kindle as well. Right, okay. Okay, um, okay. So usually I have like a non-fiction on Audible, a fiction on Audible. Fiction is usually a fantasy series. And on Kindle, I have usually... a a handful of non-fictions and like one or two fictions that I'm kind of 
reading like depending on how I feel like depending on what I feel like yeah okay that that's cool yeah I can't for some reason I can't get on board with Kindle um and and actually I I can't remember which video of yours I saw the other day but you just had a split screen right on the iPad but you were taking notes on the Kindle app and I was like why haven't I got the Kindle app on the iPad because this is genius. I can actually take my notes while while going through it instead of sitting there with a pen and a yeah, exactly. highlighter. <laughs> so yeah, okay. I'm definitely, definitely trying that one out. Um, okay. So um, I think I had a couple. Yeah. So I had some, <laughs> I had some um, productivity type questions. Um, firstly, favorite productivity apps. What, are your kind of what what defines a productivity app something that i guess makes your i was going to say day more how am i trying to word this okay maybe in a semi facetious way because i also yeah, use the phrase yeah. productivity apps but i don't actually define it yeah no no okay so i i what guess what i'm saying is yeah <laughs> No. So, what are your favorite apps that are just make your life easier? I mm. suppose is what I'm trying to say. Uh, Notion is fairly high on the list. Uh, all of the work I do with my team and myself is basically on Notion. So, I'm in Notion most of the day. Things is very nice. Things is a great to do list app for um, iOS and Mac, and uh, that's very, that's very pretty. Audible makes my life easier. I often say that if I could only subscribe to one app in the world, it would be Audible. Um, <laughs> Yeah, those are the ones that come to mind. Yeah, okay. That's, what about you? I, I have to agree on things and Notion. And and I've I've been in and out of Audible because I can't <laughs> I I hadn't I'd used Audible for fiction only, but mm. this week I downloaded the twelve week year because I, <laughs> I got halfway for it while reading it. And I was just like, you know something, I'm just, so I started going for walks every day and I was like, let's, let's get through a, a book and why not listen to the book? Hmm. Um, and actually it was really good. I think I kind of preferred it. And I was like, whoa, wait, hang on. This, this is a, a bit of a game changer here. I don't, I don't know what's going on. Um, because you can obviously dictate into your watch or your phone as you're, as you're walking and taking notes, or you can obviously audible, just clip them and then go through them afterwards. And you're right, if you're going through it like twice as fast, I mean, this one's only five or six hours, so three hours or something, you can then go back exactly to your point, either on the Kindle or in a physical book and go, okay, well, here are the points that I pulled out. Yep. Now I can go and make a bit more notes yep. on this. Or if I want to listen to it again, it's three hours of my life yep. on a water, okay. three days. <laughs> so I am, um, yes, that's, yeah. um, oh, yeah. Three hours of your life, man, imagine. Yeah. <laughs> Such a waste of time. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, that's the downside to going for a walk, though, I found. Like, if I could edit while I was walking, I'd be all over that. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. Um, so I know that there are a couple of, uh, I was going to say hills, that you say you would, would, would die on, like one oh, is the yeah. two times speed. Are there... What are your, if you had to pull out three key things, almost like three key apps, what are the, like the absolute, like life, I'm not going to say mottos, but you know, I, I can't think of the word, but three. The hills that I would, I would have. Yeah, about. basically. One would be everyone should start a blog. Um, With Twitter. Yeah, blog plus Twitter. Mm, the second one was going to be everyone should be on Twitter, but that's fine. We'll use that for this first one. The okay. second one should be everyone should try listening to stuff at multiple speeds because it's amazing. And the third would be uh, we should just really think about, this is my spiel anytime I kind of give a talk. It's just like really think about what game you're trying to play and whether A, it's the game you want to be playing. And if it is, then what are the victory conditions of that game? Uh, so... Um, can you expand on that last one? Yeah, so we all play games in different in different domains. Like when you're in school, you're playing the game of I want to get exam results. When you're okay. older on in school, you're playing the I want to get boyfriends and girlfriends game. When you're at university, you're playing, or, or rather, then you play the I want to get into good university game. Then you're playing the I want good exam results at university game. 
uh, then you're playing the I want an internship game, then you're playing I want a job game. Uh, and and at all these different intervals, you really want to want to ask yourself like, what is the actual game that you're playing? Like, like at university, I want good exam results. Is that really the game you want to play? Like, what's that in service of? Well, I guess I want a first class. Why? Because I guess I want a good job. Okay, why? Because I guess it'll make me happier. I'm like, mm. <laughs> okay, interesting. Um, I think it's 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 very easy to it's also it's also very easy to get caught up playing the games that other people are playing, not realizing that they're actually playing a different game. Uh, like if you see your friends working in the library like really really hard and you're being a waste man, they might well be playing a different game to you, but you wouldn't know it, and so you would think, and so you would kind of change your own behavior based on the game that they're playing, not the game that you're playing. So it's just kind of, kind of, kind of things like that. Um, and so with my YouTube thing, I think kind of what's the actual game I'm I'm I'm, I'm playing here. It's just a, another way of phrasing, like, what do I value? What are my values? What do I find meaningful in life? But I find phrasing it as like a game just helps me take it a little less seriously. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That makes a whole lot of sense. And actually, I, it's like those five whys, right? And I, I never go beyond the first one. Um, so it's definitely something I'm going to change. Uh, okay. La last question is just a bit more general. I know you've kind of given advice all throughout. You've given lots of advice. But um, if there was one piece of advice for someone who wanted to start a YouTube channel right now in 2020, or as we come to the end of the year, uh, what would you say to them? I would say the very first thing, like as soon as you listen to this, just go on the YouTube app, click upload, post a selfie video of yourself saying why you want to start a YouTube channel and hit the upload button. That's the single thing that's going to make you I mean, like once you get over that initial barrier, you realize it's actually quite easy to upload a video and you stop becoming a perfectionist idiot like I was for so long. Uh, you just kind of realize that, you know what, screw it, I'm going to do it. And yeah, that starts your journey, which could potentially change your life as it's done for me. Amazing. I am. Yeah. Okay. Um, I have apologized to everybody because I've missed a bunch of comments because I've been way too engrossed in the conversation. Um, but th thank you uh, to everybody. Uh, I'm glad some of you agree with the editing piece. Um, and there's a lot of love for your channel, Ali. Um, definitely some fans out here. Um, oh, uh, we have we have a question. If it if it's okay with you, uh, what percentage per day do you spend on YouTube content? <laughs> <laughs> oh man <laughs> did that go down the wrong way was it chilly it was chilly yeah <laughs> okay <laughs> um sorry what what percentage of your day when 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 you're good um yeah. cool what percentage of your day do you spend on youtube content so ideas scripting planning recording editing mm. Uh, hard to say. It depends. Um, most days I either write or I either film. Filming doesn't take very much time at all. It takes on average maybe half an hour to film a 10 minute video or an hour to film a 20 minute long video. Right. So the filming is the easy part. Like That's maybe sort of 10% uh, of the entire workload. Uh, but it's all actually far more of it is about the workload, the writing, the ideation, the thumbnails, the titles, blah, 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 all of that stuff. <laughs> which is what we're going to be talking about in this course that I'm trying to work on. So, yeah. <laughs> Okay. You can consider me signed up um, for sure. Um, because, yeah, definitely. Because there are the things like the thumbnail I didn't even think about until I'd, I was like, oh, I need to upload this. And they're like, what's your thumbnail? I was like, oh, crap. Right. Back, back to the drawing board. <laughs> um, yeah, thumbnails okay. are annoying. You have to think about thumbnails. Yeah, big time. Uh, yeah. Um. Okay, cool. I don't think there were any other questions in there, but guys, if there are, please just drop them in real quick now. Um, but I don't think I've missed anything. Cool. Um, All right, this has been fun. Thanks this for is me on. amazing. No, thank you so much for doing this. This has been amazing. All right, and uh, if you could send me a recording of the, the video, that would be awesome. Yes, right. definitely. Um, I think we've got some people signing that are ready to sign up to your course as well in the comments. Um, right, guys, uh, thank you so much. Uh, oh, sorry. How can how can Ali get analysis paralysis? I'm not quite sure. Do you get analysis paralysis? Sometimes I just realize I'm doing it and then I don't. Don't do it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. 
Right, brilliant, guys. Thank you so much for joining in. Ali, thank you for being such a wonderful guest. And uh, I'll see you guys uh, next week. Hey, guys, me again. Just want to say thanks so much for listening to this episode of Creators Campfire. You can stay up to date with any podcast-related news by following at Just Barves on Instagram, Twitter or Facebook. Otherwise, I'll be back next week, same time, same place, with a different guest. Be well, be kind, stay safe and stay curious. Bye, guys.